at your neighbor and say, good morning. Now look at your neighbor and a little more happily say, good morning. Now look at your neighbor and have a expression on your face without saying good morning, but you're saying good morning. Isn't that just weird? So now that you've performed that with somebody that you're comfortable with, let's get with somebody you're not comfortable with. Now look at somebody that you don't know real well and use that same smile or whatever technique you was using. So turn around there, somebody close to you, and just look at them really and give them that good morning without saying anything. Very strange, to say the least. Unspoken. What happens when we try to convey information without speaking? So, the scripture says that God knows the thoughts and the intents of our heart. And we're discussing prayer throughout this series, but when we don't speak to our neighbor and we just give them that really weird smile or grin or whatever technique you used, it's better to be spoken than unspoken. It's better to say good morning than just a casual smile and if our communication with others around us is better being spoken our communication with God would be better if we would speak it more so last week we talked about the old adage of unspoken prayer requests and how that we can't find that in Scripture. And when we say that, it doesn't mean that we can't do that or that it's anti-biblical, but we just can't find reference for it. So I'm not saying that churches that give unspoken prayer requests or individuals that give unspoken prayer requests are acting against the Bible, but the Bible don't speak to that issue. And the grace of God covers us for our ignorance sometimes. Amen? How many thankful for His grace, His mercy, His kindness? So as God is speaking to us through this sermon series, I want us to understand that he is directing us and inspiring us to communicate with him more effectively. He wants to hear from you more often, not just when you're in trouble, not just when trials come, not just when things happen, it's a situation that you can't confine or contain or deal with yourself. 
He wants us to be in relationship with, with him continually. And I think that's why the Apostle Paul says pray without ceasing, is that God desires relationship with us in the good times and the bad. In our weakest moments and in our strongest moments. And he's speaking to us to speak out and begin to declare things in our life. And we told about last week how that in Matthew chapter 6, the Sermon on the Mount, that Jesus said, When you pray, go into your inner room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you are praying, do not use meaningless repetition as the Gentiles do, unbelievers in their mind, for they are supposed that they will be heard for their many words. So do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. Later on, his disciples come to him and they said, teach us to pray. How many would like to know how to pray and pray more effectively? So today is 9-11. And for all of us in this room, most likely... Well, some in the room may not be as much, but was anybody born after 2001 here? Uh-oh, we got some, uh-oh, raise your hands real high, let everybody know. this. So they can't remember uh, 2001. How many remembers where you were at on 2001? So I want you to tell your neighbor where you're, that you're sitting by there. I want you to tell them where you were at on 9-11, but you're not allowed to use words. No, no words, no words. You're not allowed to say any words. Just explain to them where you was at without using words on 9-11. So, Amy, where was Lonetta at that she just told you about where she was at? Where was she at? Yeah, you can say out loud where she to told you without words where she was at. Where was she at? Was she at the hospital? No. <laughs> that didn't work very good. So as we say, often what we have here is a failure to communicate, <laughs> right? So in unspoken, it's really hard to convey things without speaking them. Somebody say amen. God give us a mouth so we can speak. <laughs> Betty said yes. Joe Don's amen on you, Betty. She's saying we know how. So if he gave us a mouth to speak, he also gave us two ears to hear. So people say that we need to hear twice as much as we speak. And the Bible says to be slow to speak. 
But because it says be slow to speak doesn't mean don't speak. You may think that your neighbor or your co-worker or the cashier at the grocery store or the mechanic that's working on your car or whoever you come in contact with that they know what you know and they have the information that you have and that they're attending church the way you're attending church. But I promise you that's not the case. God is asking us today to get better at communicating. And I believe what brings the ill upon this world and the things that happened like during 9-11 is because a failure of communication happened between countries and between religions that caused people to hate each other so much that they would rather kill each other than put up with each other. So on 9-11, I can tell you that I was down in Aberdeen, Ohio, at the powerhouse working. And when you're in a powerhouse, and that was back at a time when you didn't have cell phones like we've got them with information on it instantly, and communication happened through the old technique of TV. And on that job site, there was one guy there that had a TV, and he come on a radio, a, a walkie-talkie. Some people might not even know what that is, but a walkie-talkie, and he, he come over to the job site and told us that a plane had just hit the World Trade Center. Then shortly after, he come back and said again that a second plane hit the second tower. And I remember the panic that set in. And I had been saved at that point in time a couple of years. So I got saved in 1999, and here I am in 2001, two years into my Christianity, and the world is falling apart around us. And it's scary when we're not in control. They wouldn't let us leave the job site because they didn't know what all was happening. And to think that you're in a powerhouse, and during war times, I've been a, a student of history, I've always loved history, and I knew that in a time of war, that the thing that you want to take out is their power. You want to take out their transportation, their bridges. And when you're no longer in control, I can tell you this, that when bad things like that happen that shakes the world and the foundations of the world that we're living in, people learn how to pray pretty quickly. We will hit our knees and we'll cry out to God. And the next day, the nation as a whole of America singing together, linked arm to arm, Democrat, Republican, Independent, it didn't matter if you're from the Green Party, Libertarian, or whatever. Everybody joined together that said, we are Americans. And we stood with the individuals that lost their family members. Thousands of Americans lost their life in an instant. And I remember not going to work the next day and watching the horrid videos of people jumping from the top of those towers rather than burning alive, chose in an instant to dive out a window. Hundreds of feet. 
And I remember him talking about that it would take around 10 seconds to fall the distance to hit the ground. Those images are branded upon our mind. We can't get it out of our mind. Ten seconds. Ten seconds to live. What kind of prayer would we pray if we knew we had ten seconds to go? God, help us. And teach us to pray. And be intentional about our prayer. And be purposeful about our prayer. Let's pray together for our world. Let's pray that God would send a revival to awaken the hearts to those that are far from him. Will you join me in praying? How many believes that this world needs prayer? How many feels like we're on shaky ground? That it seems like there's a shifting happening? It's just scripture being fulfilled, but it doesn't mean that we should be shifted ourselves as Christians. We should be the steadfast, the unmovable, the unshakable always abounding in the work of the ministry and in the truth of God's word. I will not be shaken by the troubles of this world. There's different types of prayer. And in scripture, I think there is prayers that are declarations. And that's what we're going to look at today, is prayers of declarations. So I want everybody here to Declare these words with me. I want you to say them out loud and purposeful. Everybody say, Lord Jesus, come and unite your church to be your ambassadors to this hurting and divided world. Make us promoters of peace to our family, to our neighbors and our friends, both near and far. We declare today that your word is truth, and it is the final authority in our lives. We anticipate your second coming, and we seek your power to overcome the enemy of our souls. Give us pure hearts and clean hands to be ready for your appearing. Help us win souls like never before. Help us love the lost like you did through your son Jesus. Amen. A declaration is a form of prayer that God emboldened you to say words 
to declare things, to decree things, to make publicly known this is my stance and this is how I feel God is calling me to live my life. So to declare things and make openly known would be like this. Just a couple of days ago, two days ago on Friday, members of our church joined together to cook meals for public service workers, for people that work for the government, to honor the veterans that serve. And in doing so, we've done this annually for years. How many years now, Leslie? This was the 10th year. And we call it the 9-11 dinner. That's the term that we use for it. And how many meals? Hundred and About 130 this year. And we've done that for 10 years now. That's a lot of meals. Amen. God has gifted this church the ability to do that and be intentional about it, that we want to be mindful of 9-11 and remember those fallen. And in honor of those fallen, we serve those that protect us and serve us in society. I'm thankful for the EMT workers that saved my life out of a cistern. I'm thankful for the firefighters that show up when other people run. I'm thankful for cops that go into situations and our police force that goes in, even under the threat of attack and gunfire, and they will run to those situations to protect those that they're serving. I'm grateful for them. There's been so many firefighters that were lost in those towers that day that ran up through floor after floor after floor in the towers to try to get to those individuals to save their lives. To be stuck and abandoned on the top floors and the buildings to crash and crumble down around them and they lost their lives trying to protect others. If that's not a picture of Jesus, I don't know what is. We as a church say that our mantra here at the bridge is to learn together and serve others. That's what we desire of each other in this place. How often are you learning from those around you the biblical things that are exemplified through Scripture, and how often are you serving somebody else other than ourselves? The prayer that we just declared a moment ago Ask Jesus to cause us to love others, to be promoters of peace, to be ambassadors, that we would go out in the highways and byways and do what Jesus told us to do and compel people to come to God. How many know somebody that is lost that needs Jesus? I would say we all do. But all throughout Scripture, you're going to see places of prayers that were declaratory in their nature, that people were declaring things because God had instructed them to declare it. And there's prayers of blessings, that we are to bless others. 
How many would rather be a blessing? Amen? I want to be a blessing to somebody around me. I don't want to be a curse. I want to be a blessing. I want to speak blessings over our kids as they walk through the doors on Sunday mornings and they come into our church services and they go to their classrooms. Let's speak blessings over them and decree things and declare things over their lives. Look at a little girl that's in her dress and she's all happy about being dressed up and tell her, you look beautiful today. The world tries to tear us down. The church should be building us up. And you in this room today, if you want to serve others, it's not real hard. Begin to talk to those that are around you. Not everybody's giddy as Ernie or Mary. <laughs> not everybody's a morning person. But God is asking us today, be intentional about lifting somebody up around you. You don't know what others are facing. Mary just told me a story earlier that a few years ago she was driving down the road and God told her to stop at so-and-so's house and he told her to stop and give her a hug. Well, that's weird. It's about as weird as that smile you give somebody a while ago. But if God tells you to do it, what should you do? So she goes over to the lady's house. She knocks on the door. The lady comes to the door. Hi, how are you? Mary says, God told me to give you a hug. You know what the lady responded? I was just on my knees praying and asking God to give me a hug. Our God hears our prayers. He knows our weaknesses. He knows our struggles. And He knows how to paint the, a picture all the way around us to prove to us He is near to those that are brokenhearted. That lady needed a hug in her house that day and God sent Mary to be his representative and his ambassador that day. Only God can do those type of things. So when God's Spirit speaks to your heart and details, he tells you, go and do this or go and say this or be my representative here, guess what you need to do? Just do it. Don't second guess it. Don't put it off to next week. Do it. Hopefully... If you've never had that to happen to you, pray that it will happen. Ask God to speak to you. Be in relationship with me, Heavenly Father. Tell me where to go. Help me to be a blessing to others. So one of the blessings that I want to speak to you today is Aaron's blessing that it's called. Do you have those that I sent them to you? So in Jewish custom, and the priest would speak a blessing over the children of Israel. And it was something that God instructed them to do, to speak blessings over the children of Israel. And a lot of different groups are often jealous of the children of Israel because there is a blessing on them. And there's a lot of accounts of different groups that hate God's blessing on the children of Israel. 
So this priestly blessing that God instructed Aaron to speak over the children of Israel is very short and it's very sweet. But I believe that it brings a lifetime of blessing. If God tells, us you, to tells you to bless others with these words, what should we do? The Bible tells us in the New Testament that it's not just a royal priesthood that is just through a certain lineage or a certain group or a certain uh, uh, family heritage through the Jew Jewish children now. That it's not just Aaron that's the priest. We're all royal priesthood. According to the New Testament, you are a priest. Husband in this room, you are a priest of your home. Mothers, you are a priest over your child. So recently somebody was, kids was telling me they couldn't do this with their hands, but how many can do this? Star Trek, okay, Ernie's got Star Trek on the mind, that's good. So I want you to take your hands. I want you to hold them out. I want you to do that. Yeah, nanu, nanu. Now take your thumbs and bend them slightly inward, and I want you to put them together. You got your thumbs touching? Get it up there, Ryan. You're you're in this too. Well, you got what? Use your other hand to pull the other hand apart or do something. But there you go. Get it <laughs> close you can. Try, try your best. Now I want you to state this after me. You ready? Everybody ready? You're going to be a priest, and you're declaring things over the children of God that's in this room. Everybody say this with me. Say, the Lord bless you, Lord bless you. and keep you. The Lord, the Lord make his face, make his face to, shine to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord, the Lord lift up his face, up his face toward you. And give you peace. That is a priestly blessing. So in Judaism still today, the priest of God do that. And they bless the children of Israel. And I'm not saying become religious about that or just do that. You're, what are you doing with my shirt? Take it back. I thought you were going to bless me with that shirt, but no. It's performed in Jewish synagogues to this day. And that's found in Numbers in the Old Testament, the book of Numbers, chapter 6, that that priestly blessing is there. In 1970, an archaeologist uncovered a silver amulet with a blessing etched upon it. The find is thought to date back to the 7th century B.C., making this the oldest known remnant of Scripture. So the oldest piece of relic in archaeology of your entire Bible is those words. And if God said it, I believe it. Amen? If God said to do it, we should do it.
So if you've never prayed that prayer or spoke that blessing over your kids, parents, I encourage you to begin to do so. If you've never spoke that over the holler that you live in and your neighbors that you have down the street or whoever it is that you are in community with, begin to speak that blessing over those that are around you. Some people say that's name it and claim it. Some people say that that's blab it and grab it. Some people say a lot of things about a lot of things. But this is one thing I know, that if we declare what thus says the word of God, it will never go awry. It won't be done away with. Not a dot or tittle was going to go from this scripture. If Jesus told us to do this, we should do it. Be a blessing to somebody. Speak blessing over those that are under your charge. If you are a boss at a job site, walk in that morning and speak a blessing over your crew. Speak a blessing over those that are in your workplace. That if there's uh, all kinds of hell and turmoil going on and you're just seeing all these things happen, go, go walk in and say, I speak blessing over this today. Let God's face shine upon us in this house today. I speak blessings over our church. The enemy wants us to be torn apart. He wants us to set aside. And he wants us to be bickering and backbiting and doing all these things. And he's trying to cause division. But guess what? I speak blessing over the Bridge Church. I declare the Bridge Church is a united church on the front line of hell. And we're going to save souls from a devil's grip. Why? Because we speak blessing. We declare things to be true because God's word is true. I believe it. He gives us power. To speak. He gave us a voice to decree and declare. He gave us a vocal cord to speak up and speak out against these things that are going on in our society. There's another Old Testament thing that I hear often, and some people say it is a prayer, or it's a form of prayer, or a declaration of a prayer. Put it up on the screen, Leslie. Has anybody ever heard Psalms 23? Where do you hear that most likely? Funeral. Should it only be read at funerals? It's a beautiful psalm. It's a beautiful arrangement of words. But should that be the only place that that's spoken? I don't think so. The Lord is my shepherd. What if we would declare that every morning when we wake up and say, we just look up to heaven and our prayer is, Lord, you are my shepherd. Amen. You are my protector. <laughs> you are the one that keeps me lined out and going in the right place. So these words, let's speak these together. Everybody say, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. We all got a lot of wants, don't we? I want a new car. I want a bigger house. I want a clean garage. <laughs> I want a fast race car. I mean, it could be anything. We all got a lot of wants. I shall not want. What if that was our statement, that that was our declaration? I'm going to give up on my wants. The Lord's my shepherd. I don't have to want. He's my provider. Okay, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. 
He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness. For his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Have you ever been around a shepherd? They got a rod and a staff. And they'll actually hit a sheep to get them lined out. Does this make sense? Thy rod and thy staff shall comfort me. I, I don't see that, but it's scripture, and he tells us this is true. So, Everybody like getting beat up by God? You love it when you come in and your pastor preaches a sermon, and you walk out and your toes are sore? <laughs> okay, same thing. Thou preparest a table before me. In the presence of my enemies, thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. You talk about a blessing. When David, the ruddy, red-headed son that was left out of the crew, was out in those mountainsides tending the sheep for his father, he knew what these words meant. As King David was pinning and coining these terms and these words, there's so much significance in these. The Lord is my shepherd. When you're a shepherd yourself, you know what it's like to have a shepherd over you. I thank God for Pastor Wells. I thank God for Pastor Joe Girdler. I thank God for those that God has put over my life, Sister Gartha and so many others that have been a blessing to me. And I know that they pray for me as a pastor of this church. I know that they speak blessings over our congregation. If there's anything that our society in Americana needs today is to learn how to be shepherded. Give up control of our own lives and our own destiny and our own will and say, not my will, but thine be done. The closer we get to that and the sooner we get to that, the better off we'll be. It's 1129, and I'm on my last point, so we're coming really close, and we're landing this plane right here. Could somebody go get the kids? Uh, go, Shannon, if you don't care, go get the kids, please, and bring them in the room. Last slide, Leslie. So communion. I'm talking about praying a prayer that is a prayer of blessing. In Matthew chapter 26, verse 26, it says this, And as they were eating, Jesus took the bread, blessed and broke it. And he gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat this, is my body. Then, they took the cup, then he took the cup, and he gave thanks, and he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you, for this is the blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many for the remissions of sins. 
But I say to you, I will not drink from this cup of the vine from now until that day when I'll drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. And when they sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. So this Last Supper is a supper that we have an image in our mind, surely. Maybe it was your grandparents' house and they had the Lord's Supper as a painting up on the wall. Jesus sitting there with the most intimate setting that there could be, that he had those that he loved and cherished, these 12 disciples around him. And this is the last time he's going to get to eat with them. What if he would have left this unspoken? What if he would have just said, you know, I, I think they know how much I love them. I've been with them three and a half years, and I've been telling them to follow me, and I've taught them a lot of sermons. I've hugged their necks. I've kissed them. I've cherished them. I've done the best I could do. And I'm just going to let it be. I'm not going to say anything. This is just the Last Supper, and I'm just going to sit here and eat. And keep quiet. How many thanks God that Jesus didn't keep quiet? That he didn't just try to telecommunicate things to people and not allow that blessing to be there. But he spoke it out of his mouth and his disciples heard him at that table say, he took of that bread and he broke it. He said, this is my body. Partake of it. And he blessed the cup. He said, this is a new covenant. This is a new way of God doing things. It'll be health to your body. If you've never read about communion, in 1 Corinthians there's a place that Paul speaks clearly about communion and what all it is and how it should be conducted. And we should have communion. It brings a commonality to the people of God. That young and old, rich and poor, black and white. There's no differentiation in any of us that God loves all of us the same. And He's asking us in this place today to get right with Him. And Paul says in 1 Corinthians to don't take the cup unworthily, but let each examine their heart. That's look inwardly, not look outwardly. Because I can look at people in this room and I can tell you how some of your faults are. I, I've been around some of you to know. <laughs> For one, Lonetta, ags on troublemakers. <laughs> I watched her get Leslie in trouble a while back. <laughs> it's called an instigator. <laughs> it's pretty fun to watch, but... 
God tells us to examine our heart. And this is one of the most beautiful pictures I can ever see in a church is right here. Because there is a purity. Unless we, in our last sermon series we did, unless we become as little children, we'll never enter the kingdom of heaven. I want to be as pure in my heart as these little hoodlums sitting up here in the front row. Amen. So let's examine ourselves. Now I want you just to bow your head right there where you're at. Everybody just bow your head, close your eyes. And if you know that you're falling short in this area of your life and maybe God is calling out something right now and he's asking you to give this up or maybe he's asking you to speak more than you have because of this series. Maybe he's asking you to speak encouraging words and instead of the mean, divisive words that you've been speaking, maybe he's speaking to you right now and saying you've got this area that I need to deal with and you need to invite me in and let me, let me come in and sup with you and deal with you in this situation. Let's get on the same page and get together and seek God. And I think we can all become better with Jesus. We can all become cleaner with Jesus. His blood washes us clean. He purifies us from the inside out. He washes us. The blood of this new covenant is Jesus' blood that was shed on Calvary was for your and my sin, our shortcomings, our faults, our failures. So we're going to take communion. But before we do that, let's ask God to cleanse us from the inside out. To make us new. Father, I ask right now that as you're dealing with hearts in this room, God, is there thinking about situations or faults or failures or sins that has been happening in their lives and God they're ready to turn that over to you God I pray right now that you would give them the courage and the boldness just to speak out of their mouth and that they would ask you for forgiveness of their sins that they would turn it over to you Jesus that the load that they're trying to carry and the burden that is too heavy for them to bear God that they would release it right now and ask you to come and take up that cross and carry it for them, God, because they're weighed down with the weight of this world. And the sins that does always beset us, let us lay it aside and let us run the race in this place today. God, cleanse hearts and cleanse minds. Give us peace that passes understanding. Give us rest for our souls in this place today. So if you don't know how to pray, just talk to God. As that young man told me at the altar when I cried out to God and I gave him my life, as that young man Stephen said, just talk to him. 
So right now, right there where you're sitting, if you have something to hand over to Him, if you're dealing with something that sin is obstructing you from the blessing of God and you know it in this place today and you're ready to transition and move forward and give it up, I'm just asking you right now, just look at Him and just talk to Him and say, God, I'm a mess. And I thank God for this message. And God, I just, I just ask you to come and cleanse me, oh God. That you would cleanse me from my sins and make me pure and white as snow. Give me boldness to declare your word. Give me boldness to say that I am a Christian. That I'm saved. Sanctify me, God. Set me apart from the troubles of this world. God, I pray that you would hear the cries of your people. God, that you would hear the cries of their heart. And that you would do what only you could do. Jesus, come and do what only you can do. Holy Spirit, deal with what only you could deal with. Those secret things, God. Those things that are they're trying to hide and they're trying to keep from being known. God, just bring it to reality right now within their mind, God, that they would turn it over and transition it to you. That they would give up on their way and they would accept yours. Give them boldness, God. step out and step out in a new lease on life and a freshness with you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name I speak blessings. In Jesus' name. Amen. Won't you look over at your neighbor and say, I love Jesus. Tell your neighbor to say, I love Jesus. Amen. Love you, Ledger. Love you, Libby. What a beautiful sight. Who's going to be my helpers with communion cups? And Anybody want to be my helpers? I want these kids to I want you to grab some of those and take them to your family take them to your mommy, your daddy pappy or whoever and if you see somebody sitting there that don't have a kid with them I want you to take it to them too so come and get, get the cup and take it to those out there in the crowd Make sure everybody's got one. Alright, take it, people. Make sure, make sure everybody in here's got one, kids. Take it to them. If you don't have one, raise your hand. The kids will bring it to you. Alright, grab it, take it to them. I can see Take it to everybody. Make sure everybody's got one. Something sits my feet.
get you some water, get you something if you don't have grape juice. I want you to take this with us. So run in the kitchen, get you something, do it right there at home. Thank you, honorable buddy. All the kids have one. Did you keep one for yourself, boys, girls? Everybody got one? You got it? You got it? Yep. This is a celebration of the goodness of Christ in our lives. How many is thankful for Jesus? Amen. What a blessing the world received in the sacrifice of Jesus on that cross of Calvary. And this is a solemn sacrament, a thing that Jesus blessed himself. Because Jesus is a blesser. And if we're going to be like him, we have to be a blesser. Amen? So normally in church services, a lot of times you'll see that somebody will speak a blessing or pray over the communion. Jesus already blessed this. Come on, somebody. Jesus already blessed this. And I'm taking this as symbolic as what he done at that last supper. Just like those folks falling in 10 seconds to live. Jesus knew that night that they was going to come and take him away. He was going to be beat. He was going to have a crown placed upon his head. 
They was going to beat him, and they was going to take the cat of nine tails and whip him, and they was going to spit on him, and they was going to ridicule him and mock him. And he was God himself, and he didn't have to go through it, but he chose to. Why? Because he loves us. And I'm praying today, just as those disciples sat there, and Jesus spoke a blessing. For those of you that need health in this place today, that you're dealing with sickness, and you're afflicted, that this blessing will cover, and it will do what Jesus said it would do. This is his body. This is a new covenant. This is a new day. And we're going to walk out of this place free today. Free from the bondage of sin. Leslie, sing that one more time, and I want you to sing with her. And I want you to sit and look at this. This blessing that Jesus gave to us. For those of you at home, you are blessed beyond compare that God of heaven sent forth his son and redeemed human beings to himself that we can go to heaven and be with him forever and communion is a thing that he told us to do he instructed us to do as disciples and here we are today everybody sing these words out loud whether you can sing or not and I can see fear love it's just a something sets my feet to dancing and i can feel peace coming can you feel that peace and i can see fear is fear running out of your life right now it just a something sets my feet to dancing just worship him just lift up your hands and thank him for this cup that we have in our hands, for his body that he has given us. God, we speak a blessing over our city. God, we speak a blessing over our county. God, we speak a blessing over our nation. God, we speak a blessing over this world. Let fear run. God, let your blessing, the peace come, God. just as something sits my feet to dance Sits my feet to dancing. Sits my feet to dancing. Sits my feet to dancing. I hope you can feel him. I hope you can sense him in this place. His communion is his having a relationship with you. You're in unity with Christ. He blessed the bread and he prayed over the cup and he gave it to his disciples and he said take and do this in remembrance of me Jesus help us to never forget you So if you would, if you would take or the wafer, if you'll open the top. All of you have it out. I want you to look at that. 
This is a wafer. And it's symbolic of Jesus' body that was bruised. It was crushed. It was beaten. And he blessed it for our sake. He gave it for us. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. Spiritually, emotionally, financially, God's blessing is fixing to come upon your life. This is his body. Everybody say, I am blessed because of Jesus. Take of his body. cup and he prayed over it it says in scripture and he told his disciples he said this is the blood of the new covenant and everything's new after this how many would lo- like to walk out of here with a new mind with a new body <laughs> amen with a new freedom with a new lease on life that I would be set free from the bondage of sin and His blood would cover me and I'm walking out of this place today with a new lease on life because Jesus has blessed me. As we partake of this cup, understand this, we're doing this in remembrance of Him that He shed His blood on Calvary so I didn't have to. Jesus, Make us all new. Everybody say, Jesus, make me new. Amen. Partake of the cup. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for this day. Lord, we thank you for these kids. Lord, we thank you for the church known as the bridge. Lord, we thank you for your word. God, I thank you for those that are in this place today. Some of them, maybe this is their first time taking communion. God, I speak blessings over their life because of what your word says. And help us walk out of here with a new lease on life. Give us health. Let us understand that your body was broken so we don't have to be. Make us like you, Jesus. Let us bless others. And let us do it this week. In Jesus' name, amen.